Hey everyone, welcome to another episode with me, Hannah, and Kim from Bell Vista Studios. In this video, we're going to be talking about how you can manage your e-learning projects. So I had a lot of trouble when I first started and it can be quite overwhelming when you, loved your, you love your craft, you're good at instructional design, you love developing e-learning, but then all of a sudden you're managing projects and it can be quite overwhelming for some. You may have questions and what we're going to do today is Kim taught me a lot about project management and has helped me be able to do it really confidently. So we're going to chat today to Kim and I've stepped into your shoes as someone who manages projects and I'm asking questions to help you be better at doing that. So let's get into it, Kim. All right, let's go. <laughs> So my first question is, from your perspective, what do you think the importance is of good project management? Um, I think when you do a training project, there's lots of different moving parts, right? You've got people to manage, you've got learners to consider, you've got budget, you've got a scope, you've got a schedule. There's so many things that you need to think about and project management when done well just like because that is so stressful right it's really really stressful but doesn't have to be because project management is basically a plan and a process a process that you can follow and when you follow it well it's less stressful it just takes the pressure off having to remember certain things it provides clarity to you it helps you manage all the different components of that intricate and complex project that you are working on. So I think it definitely benefits you from creating less stress, allowing clarity and focus for the path that you're on to complete the project. It just makes your life easier. It's worth it to spend the time to do it right at the beginning and set yourself up for continued success throughout the life of the project. I love that. I totally agree as well. It's you think that you're able to hold on to all of the information, but it's so hard when there are so many moving parts and different stakeholders involved and different tasks. You think um, I'll think of that, but so many times, like it happened to me where I was like, Oh no, like I've forgotten the voiceover or, but if you just have a plan and you look at that plan and keep track with it, it makes it so much easier. So where would you like how would people create a plan like that what would they do to like get all of those moving parts into one place so they're able to like focus on something and take it out of their head <laughs> i think you got to think about what works for you in your own style right so it could just be as easy as a list like i'm holding my pen here because i use my tablet for all my clients where everything that comes up, I'm writing it down, right? So for me, it's just pen and paper. For other people, it's a spreadsheet. For other people, it's a Word document. So you've got to figure out what works for you. But the minute you get an inquiry about a project, so that could be an internal stakeholder to your organization saying, hey, we need training on this, or an external client coming to you if you run your own business or you're a freelancer or a consultant, right? So the minute they make an inquiry, you need to start documenting things. Mm. So you got to start going, what are they looking for? What things have they mentioned that I either need to go out and research more? I need to get back to them on. I need to understand more about, because this is all defining the scope of the project. 
And I always say that a scope is the most critical part to help you deliver what you're supposed to be delivering, right? That's the problem you're trying to solve. That helps you when there could be conflict or you said you're going to do this. Well, let me bring up the scope. It's not in our scope. So this is a variation to scope. So I always think of the scope as just a list of dot points. So the minute that first inquiry comes through, you need to be documenting. Okay, they've spoken about e-learning. It's currently a face-to-face. -face. They want to translate it. Now I'm thinking, actually check out the project brief questions on our creator hub, .com. It's a free resource. These questions are in it. But they've said face-to-face. -face. It exists. So is that a, are they happy with the face-to-face -face training? Yes or no? Does it need to be developed more? Yes or no? What condition is it in? Do they need to revise? Because then it's like, am I doing instructional design or are we just doing e-learning development based on the current content? So you need to be documenting all of this because you can already see that there's like one item breaks down to sub items. Some of them have their sub items. So you just need to get it all out. This list continuously grows. But what that evolves into is basically a project plan Mm. that you're able to put dates around, task completion, ownership, um, dependencies, which essentially is your project management plan. Yeah, okay. You document everything down. Okay. And how do you, so when you have the scope, like you've organised and figured out what the scope is, how do you gain that approval and shared understanding with the client or the people that you're working for so everyone's on the same page with what the project will involve? Yeah, that's a good question because it always comes back to the scope, right? Mm -hmm. So you, depending, I think we've spoken about this in another video, uh, our prop writing proposals video it goes into detail. So check it out on YouTube. Yeah. But basically you need to decide, is it a full proposal? Or is it just an email? Now, let's just think at the bare bones, at the very basic foundational level of a scope is a list of dot points. This is what is included. It is this many revisions. It is this much minutes worth of learning. It has this many outputs. And the other critical thing you need to remember is the assumptions. This inclusions, all of these itemized things in the scope, are included and we assume these things. So for example, um, one that might catch up, catch out people with e-learning is like, we will, the product we deliver at the end of this project as per, I don't know, March of the date coming up. After that, we are assuming that you have a test that you have tested this on all devices, mm -hmm all browsers that your IT team supports and that outside of that date, if Internet Explorer, which they bloody do, um, makes updates, the e-learning is broken, that is a new project. Because you don't want them coming back in June or a year from then and saying, hey, it's not working anymore. You haven't clearly said this somewhere in the scope and they go, we, you need to fix this under that project. So yeah, I think a scope is literally an email that says, these are all the things that we're going to achieve. 
these are the specific outputs you will receive, like a SCORM file, a job aid that is two A4 pages, very, very specific. These are the assumptions. You send it in an email. You say, please improve as required. And that's a discussion as well. So don't just go accept what comes back. It's a negotiation. You're figuring it out together. But you need an email that says approved and anything outside of their, sorry, what they're giving approval on is, please confirm the following scope and assumptions uh, are approved and anything outside of this that comes up later on in the project that we are unaware of right now will be deemed a variation to scope and will be scheduled or quoted appropriately. And that's how you cover yourself. That is so valuable because there has been so many moments for us when we're in the middle of a project where the client might want something different. Like they might ask for something that wasn't in the scope. They might have feedback that's outside of the feedback rounds. And I think by having that communication with them early on, it's been so easy to just say like, as per the agreed scope, we've done what's required if you're wanting to do this extra thing. Yeah. And it just like, it looks after yourself, like everyone listening, to this video or podcast, like it's protecting yourself as well. You don't want to be doing extra work or working on a project a year after it's finished. And it also, it's good for the client too, because it sets clear mm -hmm. expectations of what they're going to get. So they feel comfortable that they can tell whoever their boss is, this is what I'm going to produce to you. So I feel like it's really important for all parties involved. Definitely. And lots of people like they just go, oh, they don't realize what it takes to do something. So they're like, can you just do this? And they think it's like an hour of your time and really it's eight hours, which yeah. implement, implement oh, what is it? Impacts other like parts of the project, meaning yeah. you might not be able to achieve something else or you can't achieve the output of quality that you want to on something else. So you need to think of it from that perspective as well to do the project to the best of your ability and for them to respect, because sometimes it's not always important. That's why a success statement or a goal or clearly defined scope is important because then you can say, help us understand how this is going to help us achieve our success statement, what we agreed to achieve. And then the, a lot of the time they go, oh, no, I just thought it'd be a good idea because yeah. they're creative or spontaneous. So they're trying to do something a bit better. And so I think that's the time where you can cover yourself and not have to do things like that um, where it doesn't add value. Yeah. Cool. Love it. So when it, so once you've had the scope confirmed and you're moving on to creating a project plan, so something where you can see everything that you need to achieve. Yeah. Do you think that you should be sharing that plan? So the tasks that you need to do to achieve the goal, should you be sharing that with the client or is that something that you keep for yourself? I, personally don't share that. Okay. I believe from experience, it sounds all great, um, uh, but they become overwhelmed and they never look at it again. So let's just reduce cognitive load and only give them what they need to know when they need to know. So yeah. if I've got a big project schedule where our, when we've itemized projects down to like a hundred tasks, right? I don't know how many it is, but there's a lot in our projects schedule yeah. where it's like the kickoff meeting all the way through to lessons learned on a project right 
So what we do is we identify the key milestones and responsibilities of the client and we communicate that to them only. So when we've done our project schedule, all the scoped items are put into the project schedule. We'll then pull out, this is the client's giving feedback here, they're giving feedback here again, they have a responsibility here. And we put that into an email and we say, we communicate that in a specific email that says at the beginning of the project, These are, this is your role um, and expectations and when you'll be required to do them. The actions required by you are task one, this is when it's coming. This is how many business days. These are the stakeholders involved in this specific task. And we just say, these are your responsibilities. Everything else is happening on our end. We'll give you your task by 9 a.m. They're due by 5 p.m. Um, please approve this schedule. They don't need to know that we are doing three QA checks on our end, that yeah. we are having brainstorming sessions ourselves, that we are meeting about the project, that we are storyboarding, that we are doing a peer review, all this kind of stuff, doesn't matter. It's yeah. not important to them. They probably value our process a lot more if they knew how much went into a project. But for them, they've got conflicting all stakeholders. It's generally not the only priority on their plate. They have multiple projects happening, right? So reduce the effort and make it easy for people to work with you. So, hey, stakeholder, these are your tasks when they're going to be happening in the project schedule um, and what you need to do and who you need around you at that time. Do you agree to this schedule? Because there's annual leave, there's, um, I don't know, someone could be in a conference when you're expecting them to do something. There's public holidays, there's all sorts of things. So they need to go, yeah, it works in my calendar. And when you have that approval, then when they are pushing and may miss a date or something like that, you can say, well, you said you could meet it. And mm -hmm. actually in that email, when you send over the schedule, you say missed deadlines may impact the project up to a certain amount of time. We choose two weeks because we're kind of on two week sprints. So it means if a client misses a deadline, it is likely to push their whole schedule out by two weeks. Yeah. So that makes them take it a bit more serious. Um, and then you have that approval. And when they are pushing it, if they do miss a deadline, you can say, hey, we told you about this. Yeah. And just a little bonus tip there is you might want to think about charging people for late deadlines. So because I guess if you, this is more important for people that are business owners or freelancers, if you are planning to be working on a client's task on Wednesday and they miss their deadline, and you have no work to do on Wednesday, you're not earning money. So, and it's not that they don't want to get it done, but sometimes in the world of corporate organizations, there is a culture that deadlines mean nothing, right? But they mean something to us in our world, especially as business owners. Mm -hmm. So we need to train the behavior that we've done a project schedule for a reason. We take project management seriously, the consequences of missing a deadline mean that it's going to be pushed out by X amount of days or weeks or and you decide for you in your circumstances that you will be charged whatever your day rate potentially and um, that you're going to miss out on money every day that you miss a deadline. So if say Wednesday it was meant to be in for you to work on 
and they don't get it back to you until Friday, meaning you can't start until Monday, that's two days that they have to pay for extra money. And you need to think about how has this impacted the whole schedule? Do I need to now create a whole new schedule? What about my other projects? How do I make this work? So it might even cost them more. So communicating that up front when they agree on the schedule just puts them, it primes them to take your schedule seriously. Yeah. I love that. I feel like it's so important to set boundaries like that and be clear on what your expectations are for projects because I feel like I know I would want to be really nice and go the extra mile for the client and just say, that's fine. Like, we'll just, we'll push it out. That's all good. But I think from experience and you've experienced it over the years that if you do keep allowing that, you're just going to create absolute havoc for you and it's not going to be an enjoyable process because you're going to be scrambling. You're going to be working late at night and doing everything you can and setting expectations to that client that you're always going to, work overnight if they miss a deadline or it's okay if you need to push, you need to reschedule and spend two hours rescheduling a project without getting paid. So I think it is, it's not being mean. It's just setting boundaries for yourself and like making sure that the goal is met because it's their deadline too. Like if they want to have a project completed by a certain time, just reminding them that like in order to do this, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So important. I think that's such good advice because I think I personally, if I hadn't learned from you, I would be just saying, oh, that's okay. And like wanting to do the best thing for the client. But I think there is a certain point where you need to set those boundaries in a nice way. (laughs) Yeah. But none of this is done with malice behind it. It's always a good intention. Everything that we are telling you is literally our own experience. Hmm. So, Everything that, how I'm saying the script thing for your email, getting the approval, we've made the mistakes and they've caused me pain and they've caused our team pain. So then I'm like, I hate pain. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want this discomfort. I don't want this friction. Um, How do I make my life easier? How do I make our life easier? So we put improvements in place. Now I'm not saying everything we're telling you is perfect, but it's better than starting from scratch and better from making the mistakes yourselves when we've made them and we're just saying do these things it will make your life a lot better so you're not starting down here you can start here and then you just lift your game your own way through your own continuous improvement process and i think the other thing just to go on another thing you said is like that boundaries thing is really important and what i find myself doing is all of these things with the project management have been put in place for a reason because I've been caused pain. I've learned to lesson and I've put improvement in place. Time goes on. We have really nice, like we have, we're very fortunate with our clients um, that I want to be a nice person. So I'm like, yeah, I'll let you away with that or no bother. Like, yeah, anytime I do that, Just pain again. So I need to remember that when times are going well, and just because a client is doing good things and is a good person and everything's going well, do not sway from your process because you have learned the lesson in the past and it is there for a reason. So when times are going good, it doesn't mean lapse on those boundaries. Keep those boundaries there, like because otherwise you just revert to where you're at the first time, why you put them in place. Like, yeah. And then you have to like retrain that behavior with the client and that's where the friction comes in again and things like that. So, yeah. 
Love it. So with your project timeline, like we've been talking about deadlines and ensuring that we keep the project on track and people meet their deadlines. Mm. How, like, how flexible do you make that timeline generally? Like, would you give them extra days and what you think they would take to do things with the review or like, how do you determine how flexible you should be or do you keep it as tight as possible to get it done quickly? Yeah. Um, I think there's a few things that you said, so I'm just going to document them so we can cover them. Okay. Um, you need to do elevator music now. <laughs> okay, so with schedules, I will give a rough estimate I, with a task for a client, right? So there's client responsibilities and there's internal team responsibilities. When yep. I say client, I mean stakeholder. So it might be your um, health and safety team within your organization, or the client may also be an organization working with Bell Vista Studios, for example. Okay, so client is basically your stakeholder that you are serving to deliver training. So there's a client role and there is a team internal training or freelancer individual role. So when we talk about the client role, we have to think about what are their tasks and how long would it take someone to do this? So sometimes you don't know, and this is what people say all the time. I don't know how to like estimate my task. Okay. So sometimes you have to do it yourself and figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you just have to guess. And when you guess or when you do it, just double it. Until you have accurate data of how long something will take, just double it, right? So if I think about a storyboard review, the client, you've done all the work and you're sending it to your client to review it for the first time. You want feedback. So you think, okay, there's, I don't know, 22 slides. This is how you'd break it down actually to get a better estimate. It's a long process. We'll give you like the condensed version there's probably a more like specific version Hannah you can step in because I know I've taught you about this so anything I miss you <laughs> step in so if there's 22 slides for someone to review what you would do is you go pick the hardest slide you go review it think about what's the parameters that you want someone to review I want them to proofread it I want them to make sure it meets the learning objective I want them to add links potentially to their intranet or find a video for me um, I want them to tell me that it makes sense in the flow of the slide before and after. So you've got parameters, right? So then you go do it. Review the longest or most complex slide of your, of your storyboard. Just say it takes you three minutes, right? Then go do a medium one, a medium complex slide. Same thing. That takes you one and a half minutes, right? So then what you could do is find out there's a gauge, right? Um, we've got complex and we've got medium difficulty for review. Three minutes, one and a half minutes. You can go count your slides, how many hard ones, how many medium ones, then you have time. Okay, all up, that would take someone two and a half hours to review. Now, the client might have never done this before. 
um, and I'm allowing time for things like them to download the email, um, maybe like make a cup of coffee or I don't know, all that kind of stuff. So we put buffer in, that's why I say double it. So five hours, right? So then we'd say to the client, this task is in, that's in when you hand over the task, this task is likely to take up to five hours to complete. Um, and I'm just wondering, Hannah, in that kind of estimating before I go on to this next part, do you have any other tips for estimating how long someone might take someone? Uh, I think everything you've said is the process that I go through. Okay. I'll add anything else to what you said. Cool. As you're listening, people, you, you'll pick up your own things, just add it into your process. We're not going to give you everything right now because I won't be able to think of it. Um, but it will be a really good foundation anyway, and hopefully it's prompting things for you to think about. Right. So back to where we were. We're handing over the task and we say to the client, this is going to take you up to five hours to do. Now, in our heads, we appreciate this is not the only priority that they have going on. So five hours, roughly, they say someone completes six hours of work in an eight-hour day with discussions and coffee and things like that. So can we give them a five-hour task to complete in one day? You can if you plan in advance and they prioritize that as their task and know that they are doing that task and they manage their own time outside of it to push back on meetings and phone calls and block out time to focus. In reality, it doesn't always happen that way. So we allow them to have a stretch amount of time to fit that five hours in because we have to appreciate and you have to understand, like I guess this is where you empathize with your own working style of um, people will, you know, they'll do it once, they'll review and then they want to take a break and they want to come back with a fresh perspective. So then they might do it twice. Do they want to do that over two days? So we're thinking about all these things. So that five hour task, you might say to someone, we're going to give you three days to complete it, but just make sure you prioritize up to five hours to complete it so that you achieve it with all the other things in your world going on. So that's what I would say about the client, how you estimate client responsibility and how you incorporate that into your schedule, right? And remember that tasks in the beginning of your project will take longer than the tasks at the end. So the first review up to five hours, but the next one, they've seen it before. They're familiar. They know the process. They know what you're looking for. You're probably asking for feedback on less things. So you can give them less time. So again, what are the parameters? What am I looking for them to do? Go do the task yourself if you're starting from scratch and have no data and then double that and then give it to them again. So the second review may be a three hour task of the client and you just give them two hours to complete it. So just thinking about it like that. Now, when we, that's the client, right? So that's how we'd figure out their expectation, their duration for tasks. For us, well, we need to, hopefully, you have time, you, you know, you're getting a feel for how long things take you to do or take those around you to do. So in the beginning, it was like, how long does this take me to do? Then you came on, how long does it take me to do? Hannah's learning it. She's never done this before. Double, triple that because I need to train her, I need to coach her, she needs more nurturing, right? But over time you get better and you can do it in the same time as me. So you got things like that. Now we've always had a project plan and calculated our estimate hours 
and how long it actually took us to do the project, right? So we're continuously tracking that. So over time, we gathered data. So this is what we encourage you to do. These are all the tasks. This is what I think it's going to take me. That ends up going as your quote to the client of project schedule and time and hours. I feel like we might be overwhelming you right now. So you might want to take a little pause and digest, maybe reflect on what you've learned so far and take some notes. I'm just going to take a deep breath. So much valuable information though. Like all of this is gold. If people listening, if it is becoming overwhelming, yeah, pause, go back. If you need to like listen to it again, take notes because all of this adds so much value to our projects and it leads to less stress for us. It sets better expectations with clients. It's like incredible. So <laughs> it's worth going back and listening to again. Yeah. And I probably at this point go reflect all the key things that you make your own checklist. So yeah. from what you've heard so far and as we continue to go on and then it, make your own processes because we don't have this done. It's just kind of integrated into templates now and there's a lot of tacit knowledge. And what we're sharing right now is tacit knowledge. Like we have a project management template that you can buy, but this tacit knowledge around it isn't in there. There's some hints and tips, but you need to create your own process because everyone works differently. Hannah and I work so different. Um, and so we've adapted that template to suit our own working styles. Yeah. Okay. Back into the, where we're at. So it's your role. You're going to do your task. You're trying to figure out your own time. So for your own processes moving up, forward what we're saying is you need to document i think the all these tasks are going to take me this long this is what i've quoted and that is basically the fee that you will be taking in and helps you determine the project schedule but every time you complete a task daily update that time so i completed my storyboard i estimated it would take eight hours it took me nine hours so now we're one hour over but what happens over time is you get a history of and average the storyboard on the last three projects took me nine hours, seven hours, and 12 hours. So what is the average time? What, were the, what was the scope of each of them? So that when you go to work on the next project, you just get more and more accurate to be able to quote your hours. Now, when you have not done it before, um, you are guessing again. So you need to think about it. That's why this scope and the itemized tasks is really critical to figure out how long it will take you to do something. Actually, I want to throw to you, Hannah, now, because I know this is a conversation, a development thing of yours in the last few months. And we spoke about that. So what did you learn and what's your process that you can share on how to estimate how long it will take you to do tasks within a project? Um, well, I think for me, like what you've been speaking about, how we've been um, recording our hours over time, I think I've gotten to the stage where I trust that the hours that we have taken are actually correct for us now. So I find that I do, I look at the hours that we've set in the project plan and I'm like, that is what it will take. And it generally does. So I think that is like a really important part of it. Um, I think because I use my project planning template before I do any task and I list out all of the tasks that I need to do to reach the goal for that particular task. So break it down into smaller components. 
Mm -hmm. um, and in that template, I have expected duration. So I make sure I record that. So as I'm going back to that template, ticking off the tasks, I'm just keeping an eye on how long things have taken me. And I can usually tell from like looking. So for example, if it's implementing client feedback, you can usually tell how long it's going to take. So just taking the time at the beginning of the task to say, to look at it and sort of think like, okay, there's this many comments. This is probably going to take me this amount of time from experience. Um, and if there's anything challenging in there or you get stuck on something, understanding that like it might push out your time. And what I do is if that happens, I check in with you as the, as my boss and just let you know, Hey, like this is what I've come across. It's taking me a little bit longer than what's, what the expected duration is. Would you like me to move forward with that? Or what, what action do you think we should take next? Mm. Um, I guess it's different for everyone. Like if you're working on your own and it's sort of like you being the business owner, like you just have to do it sometimes. And sometimes it does go over time, but that's just, yeah, that happens. And then you learn lessons and you make sure they don't happen again. Yeah. And like all said, the things we're talking about, are, like we encourage you to do. So yeah. I guess what about predicting time though? So you're planning, remember people are project planning. Yeah. How do you predict how long a task will take you? And because I'll hand over tasks to you and I go, this is the output I expect. How long do you think it's going to take you? What's your process for figuring that out? Um, I think it's just thinking about like past tasks. Well, that I've done you don't have any data to go from because that's what people will be struggling with now. So we've, we've dealt with the, you know, past experience, past tasks or whatever, when you're starting from nothing. Well, I, mm, yeah, I did. I have always struggled with that, but I think it is doing like an element of the task, figuring out how long that takes you. Like, for example, if you're doing reviewing, like you said, 20 slides, like review one of the slides, the hardest one, figure out how long that takes you times it by how many slides there are. Usually like you might take 10 or 15 minutes to plan the task and then you think, okay, I've got the hand over it at the end. That's another 10 to 15 minutes. So just thinking through like, what are the things that I'm going to have to do and even breaking it down into smaller tasks and thinking how long is that smaller task going to take? And that might be 30 minutes and then proofing 20 slides that might take however many minutes and then figuring it out that way. So that I think that's a bit more, rather than just thinking of the whole thing and being overwhelmed, like I think definitely breaking it down into smaller parts is helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So to summarize what Hannah's said there is, it might be you need to do instructional design as one major milestone and the second major milestone is develop a video series or develop e-learning, right? But the one major milestone of instructional design is storyboard round one, peer review, implement peer review, um, send it for review again, then implement that, someone needs to finalize it and then send it to the client. We need to do a handover email to the client, the client reviews it, then we get it back, we have to implement client feedback. So you see within that, there's already a lot of tasks. Then if we go back to the very first task of like storyboard, there is reviewing content that exists. Mm. There is getting the template ready. There's brainstorming time. So you need to think about all the things that you're going to have to do. 
and then go through each of them one by one and estimate how long do I think in my gut? And then you can either double it or add on extra time or at the end of all of the hours, put a buffer of 10, 20% extra time on the total that you can allocate as required when you go over a bit in a task, then you can pull from that. Yeah, love it. I think it's almost like what we talk about in our discovery workshops. Like if you were a fly on the wall, what would you see someone doing yes. if they had to achieve that task? So think if I have to create this storyboard, imagine that you're a fly on the wall and you're watching someone create that storyboard. What, ex what actions would they be doing to achieve that goal? Listing those actions out and figuring out, yeah, how long. And it is definitely like the more you do it, the more you know how long things take. So over time it does get easier. But yeah, definitely breaking it down is very useful. Yeah. And that's where our project management template has come from, was us doing it. And that's what you'll find on the Creator Hub. And now it's rinse and repeat, right? Because a lot of the projects have the same things, but some of them they don't have. So we just strike them out. We're like, well, there's no animation in this project. So we just remove those lines. Yeah. If I just take us back to your original question, which was around like, how do you I guess, get that project schedule together and with the buffer time. Mm -hmm. So you need to know how long things are going to take you. So what we've been going through is a detailed way of identifying one task, how long that's going to take. Now what you need to think about is, okay, is this something that I find difficult? Is this something that comes natural and I pump it out really quickly? So there's things like that that you can consider. Um, there are things like... You know, you've got to think of phone calls that come through the day, emails, maybe you're having an off day. Um, do you work well under pressure or do you need more time to just like filter things within your process? Mm -hmm. Now, my style is like efficient. I want to get things done as quickly as possible in as short as time as frame as possible. And the reason that is, is because I feel like the team, as in the whole project team, including stakeholders, when things take too long, they lose momentum, they lose motivation about the project, and it they get fatigued. And I don't want that to happen. I want people to work with us, and a project goes on for months and months and months, and they're just over it. I want them to be excited, pumped, seeing results, achieving that sense of achievement. Yes, we've seen the project at the progress within a week and then within a few days again and we're getting closer and closer to that end goal and everyone's excited and we're producing good quality work because we're riding on that momentum so for me I try to get things in and done as we can get them done yeah. that's also important as a business owner because you need to it's easier to schedule things it's easier to schedule we've got this current project and then here's a future one that may be coming in and another future one that may be coming in and now they've landed and how do we make them work within the schedule? So when you can move things through efficiently, it helps you get and move on to the next one so that you're kind of compartmentalizing projects and you're very clear that we're focusing our energies on this one. And then we have like 20% capacity to start a new one, but it can't officially get into um, full momentum of 100% capacity or 80 or 90 until, I don't know, three weeks time. So what can we do with that small amount of capacity we have while we're prioritized on this other project? So again, with the, like we did with the client roles and responsibilities, we go, okay, we think it's a five hour task. 
And now, so what we're going to do is go, life happens. Um, so we're going to do it over two days. And so we just put in that buffer time for us. So you got to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And you just learn each project and make the improvements and the adjustments um, as per your, what works for you and how you want to work, you know. I work well with knowing we're accountable to the client tomorrow. So get your shit done today, Kim. <laughs> yeah. That deadline, you've committed to it, so get it done. Yeah. So just to give you, the people that are listening, some context. So we usually have around two to three rounds for the client for storyboard and development. Would you agree with that? Just to give you an idea of what we mean when we say we don't want the project going on and on, that's usually the amount of review rounds that we'll give the client. Three maximum. Three maximum, yeah. Because when it, yeah, when it goes beyond that, it can become, like you said, like people can get drained by it. It's much better to get it done quickly. Yeah. And it also means they're not taking their review round seriously. Mm, yeah. So if you allow more and more feedback, what have they been doing in round one, two, and three? Mm. Like round one, get this stuff sorted. Round two, get this stuff sorted. Now, in this last round, make sure it's ready for the world. So they know as per the scope that this is what's left and I need to get it done because Kim and the team are delivering on this date and it's going live and that's the end of the project. So I need to, there's accountability when you have clearly scoped two rounds of feedback or three rounds of feedback. Yeah. What do you do if a stakeholder like misses the deadline, despite all of the expectations that you've set, you've got it in writing, what would your advice be for people who have set that expectation, but they've still just missed it? Okay. Well, let's talk about some lessons learned to help <laughs> prevent that from happening in the first place. So we've already spoken about one yeah. and then we'll get to what you're saying. So one is send them the schedule, clearly outlining their role and responsibilities and the dates that they're expected to receive it. And when it's due back to you, yeah. Do you approve this, these are the consequences if you miss a deadline, yeah. right? So that's the number one thing. Yeah. The second thing we do is we have a weekly project update. We normally send it on a Thursday or Friday when things are chilled. We say, this is what's been achieved this week. Show the accomplishment, show the work that's going into the project, show where you're at. And then this is what's coming next week. So we're prepping them. So on, although we, they signed that project schedule two weeks ago, they're not going to look back on it and remember that next Wednesday they have to review something. So we want to prime them and prompt them to be ready for what's coming next Wednesday. So we say, what's happening over the next week? These are all the things that are happening. Now, specific within that, we do bold, underlined, action required by you, client. On Monday, you will receive this and you will be giving feedback and it is due on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Um, we also are still re requiring these resources. These must be action required by you. Please provide XYZ resources by this time. This is the consequence of it not happening. Okay, so two things. Third thing, task handover. When you hand over a task to the client, actually our email templates are, if you check out the creator hub, all of this is in there. So you can get them from there. Um, so in the template section. So the email templates are project feedback email 
is, here's the brief. We have implemented your feedback to this storyboard. Here's some context that you need to know. Instructional design applied to your emails is really important. Need to know brief, right? Dot points. Action required by you. Please provide feedback on this. This is the parameters of feedback required. And this is who we need to provide feedback at this point. Bold, due, your feedback is appreciated by this time, this date. Send that. So they are clearly, we're, we're always clarifying expectations. We're helping them to the best of our ability to help all of us succeed, right? So there's that. What else have we got? If we know a client is likely to miss a deadline, you're really good at this actually. So what Hannah does is she actually puts in our calendars of a client project saying, the client feedback is due at 5 p.m. today. So at, we have a reminder in our calendar at about 4 p.m. If we yeah. haven't received it by then, we're kind of getting ready to send an email and say, hey, can we expect? Yeah feedback today at 5 p.m. as agreed because generally at 9 it will we start work early so 6 a.m. 7 a.m. we're ready to jump in and implement client feedback or do something as a result of receiving that task so I think that's a really good preventative thing yeah. and then if you do have a client where you feel like they are a little bit not going to respect the deadlines you send an email the day before or the morning of first thing and say, just a reminder, you just forward on your, your handover email, just a reminder, this is due at 5 p.m. today. And the really cool thing about that is like, especially if something like articulate review, right? You can see if they've been in there doing their comments, so you know, they're gonna get it done. So we don't need to, so we don't normally send this email, but if in articulate review, there's nothing in the feedback and we know that this is like a long task, and we're like, oh God, are they going to get it done? Yeah. And sometimes they are. They've just, they have just scheduled it to be done on that day and they've blocked out a room and they're committed to get it done. But just in case you send that reminder and you say, hey, just a reminder, this is due. So that's all the th kind of proactive things that we do to make sure and help our clients meet their deadlines. Would you add anything else on that before I talk about what if a deadline is missed? Um, I think just another thing that I notice you doing is just like the language that you use in emails to, this isn't the right way of putting it, but it's almost like we're training a behavior mm. in the client and you like, you generally say like, thank you for respecting the deadlines. Oh yes. Back to us, and I feel like that for them is like positive reinforcement to be like, okay, like deadlines are important. I'm going to continue to do that into the future. So I think, just think about the language that you use and do reward your clients when they do meet the deadlines. Yeah, that's definitely a little psychology trick that I'm doing. So when it comes in, I'm, yeah, I'm saying thank you for respecting the deadline or thank you for whatever it is, reinforcing that behavior I want to see of them next time. Yeah. And just thinking of the email templates as well, um, we have one where it's like feedback is going to be uh feed off oh, when feedback's late actually so we're missing into going into miss deadline you reckon we're ready to move on or do you have anything else yeah no i think we're ready <laughs> okay so miss deadline in our email templates we have two um there is one where the client has missed the deadline 
and it's okay. You can still make it work and achieve your next deadline, right? You can shuffle some of your tasks and you can achieve it. So that email is something along the lines of, um, what is it along the lines of? And I'm just thinking these are scripts. So create your own. We're giving you what's in the email templates. You can take them, but this is a, build your own kind of <laughs> template as a base from the scripts that we're giving you here as well, instead of buying them. Um, so, okay, what are they? So we can, they've missed their deadline. It's 9 a.m. the next day. You haven't received it. Okay, shit. Can we achieve what we need to do within the project schedule? Yes, if I change X, Y, and Z in my own little schedule. Right, email goes off that morning. Hey, I think it's something like, uh, the feedback for blah, blah, blah was due yesterday at 5 p.m. Um, just wondering when we can expect to receive this. If we can receive it by this specific time, maybe it's 12 p.m. today, um, we can still keep the project on schedule. Mm. Um, is this achievable by you? And you send that, right? And then if they, if you, they've missed the deadline and you can't reshuffle your commitments and it means that the project schedule is like, needs to be redone or whatever. Um, I think there's two approaches. You can push back on the client and you can say, look, this, Deadline has been missed. When do you expect to have it done by? Actually, no, it's not even about that now because it's been missed. So the project schedule has been missed. In order to keep us on schedule, we require you to do some of our tasks now to help us get it back on track. Or the consequences are, as per that schedule where we said, um, that schedule email of approval, we're gonna have to push the, the schedule out and the kick-in charge is starting now. Yeah. Help us get it back on track by taking these specific steps. I love that. Awesome. There's really more to that, but I feel like that's a, a good enough foundation because we're getting very deep in this. <laughs> we generally do, don't we? That's <laughs> practical advice, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, it's very... Very practical advice, everything you said. And I think those email templates are incredible. So if you are wanting more detail and the exact scripts that we use when we face those situations, check them out on the Creator Hub and I'll also put it in the description below. But yeah, everything you've said, Kim, really good, incredible. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add before we move on? No, I just, yeah, I'm going to try and keep it. I don't want to overwhelm. There's always things, right? So there's enough. That's a lot if you've never done any of that before. Put that into place and then look at your improvement. Yeah. You can also do coaching with Kim <laughs> and she can deal with more specific issues because she has a lot of knowledge that she could share relevant to you. Um, so what's something that we tell everything for free anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But it's personalized if it's coaching. Yeah, it is contextual. <laughs> if you like Hannah, she is a product of Kim's coaching. So <laughs> I think she's a superstar. Um, I am very conscious of overwhelming our listeners. So I'm just going to have a think about what to ask next. Yeah. I feel like we've gone through some really great things and probably the most practical things that will help you with your project management. Yeah. 
if they're listening now, they're still hooked. And the thing is, we're not blabbing, we're giving really practical advice. And I guess that's something just to, you think about what questions you're going to ask, I'll talk to the audience. Okay. Um, but you know how people are like, oh, like e-learning shouldn't be, not be longer than 20 minutes or a video shouldn't be longer than three minutes. I think that's bullshit. It just needs to add value. So if we go on and talk for three hours now about project management and it's all adding value to your life and you listen the whole way through, that is good training. That's good learning. So don't, um, don't limit yourself to a box just because something has told you a, a, an output should be this long. A video should be three minutes because people will listen and do things if it's adding value to their lives five hours later <laughs> are still talking about right strike um so are there any other challenges that you have faced and how did you solve them when it comes to project management i think you need to be more specific for me because any of the ones that are coming to mind we've answered them already okay that's good it's just if there's anything else like top of mind that you feel like you deal with as a project manager that you think we've missed that I haven't elicited from the questions I've asked so far. But if you feel like you've answered your top challenges. I think, okay, yeah. The one thing is like no one makes time for project management. So number one thing is you put that in as a specific task that is required of you to complete the project. So 10% of the overall project hours. Project management is a critical task to deliver. Sending someone an email, doing all this stuff. So number one, it is you have to take it as seriously as you do your instructional design role or your e-learning role. The second part of that is allowing time to plan. Before you start a project, you need to do the scoping, you need to do the project plan and the schedule. You need to do all those things up front because although it may take you a day to do that or half a day, it will save you hours days, lots of pain, lots of less stress um, will be felt if you take the time upfront to project plan and then the rest is way easier. So prioritize project management upfront. It's just like the analysis phase of instruction. Mm. You skip that, you're screwed. Um, so don't skip project management, which is the stage before analysis. Yeah, love it. What characteristics do you think every successful project manager should have? <clears throat> okay, I'll describe Hannah here because I think she's, <laughs> she's got them. <laughs> OCD. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put in your strong qualities. <laughs> <laughs> not perfectionism and not OCD. <laughs> um, you take the role very seriously. You prioritize it as a task that has equal value in the contribution to the project. You have reminders in your email. So you're careful and you're proactive about setting the project up for success. And so you, an example of that is you set reminders in your own calendar to go check in on the project plan, to check in on your team and make sure they have what they need and they're on track to deliver. One thing you do really well is in the calendar invites, and this is the care factor 
and taking the role seriously is she sets up the project tasks and in it, it's like, this is the output that you're expected to deliver at the end of the duration of this specific task. This is when it is due by, and this is what you need to hand over to the next person that's taking on that task. What other characteristics do you have? Um, I think you just prioritize the time and you now trust the process. Mm. and you follow all steps in the process and you now accept that things don't always go to plan and that you're able to adapt you're able to go okay something's causing a challenge or something's changed or something's different to expected at the beginning through my project planning i now need to adapt what are uh, through your planning <laughs> uh what do you call it your planning template you're going, okay, what's the problem that I'm facing? What are the risks and consequences, assumptions? What are the tasks required to move the project forward? So you're able to adapt and you use that skill set to keep the project on track or create a plan to get it back on track. Love it. Well done. I appreciate <laughs> them. As a manager in our team, I appreciate those characteristics in you. Oh, thanks. It's lovely. So when you first manage your first project, is there anything that you wish you knew? Adjects. <laughs> <laughs> Just something simple that you wish someone had told you before you manage your first project. Bit of advice. Go back and watch this video or share this video with someone that is in that position and make your own checklist as a result of this and commit to yourself to continuously reflect and improve on it. And you will build your own project management process. Love it. Is there anything? Um, I think mine would just be take the time to plan up front mm. and be very specific from, of what you need from people. Like tasks, this is exactly what I need. These are the exact resources you're gonna use. So it's almost like you have that element of control over the project and meeting the goal because you've been very specific with people and what your expectations are of them. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this video today, Kim? Well, I think it'd be really nice for you to reflect on this, right? Because this is a skill set and a process that you've been learning for a long time. I did it. Um, and then this was a new thing that you developed in. In the beginning, I remember you being like so stressed about it, finding it so difficult to do. And now you're at a point where you love it. Yeah. So on reflection, and let me think about the question that will add value to the people listening. What... Hmm. <laughs> Get your elevator music, mate. <laughs> I'm, to, I'm not going to ask an effective question now because I can't. My brain's like dead. Yes, entertain with Mavili, please. <laughs> she's like the she's the entertainment <laughs> during your thinking process. 
Right. So in the beginning, you didn't value project management. Now you do. Yeah. What changed for you? How did you appreciate that, that was, it was important and it would help your life be better as an instructional designer, e-learning human being? Um, I feel like project management, when it's done well, takes out all of the clutter and stress from your brain and puts it into an organized format. So for me, when I first started doing project management, I don't think I was utilizing the resources or knew that like recording things and being really specific would have the impact that it does. And I think I made too many assumptions. So I just thought like people will know what to do or like obviously the client will know it has to be back by then or it's going to impact the schedule. Yeah. What was the question again? Just want to make sure I reflect on you didn't value project management. Yeah. You didn't like it and now you love it and you're like see it as like it just has to be done. Like there is you would not go doing a project without it. So how did you get there? What epiphanies did you have? Well, I think it's just, it takes out the stress and overwhelm for me personally, like for anyone out there who is learning to project manage, if you are really clear and specific and learn how to do it well and take the advice that we've spoken about in this video, it makes your life so much easier. You can serve your client better because your mind's less like cluttered with all this information and Mm -hmm. things that you have to do so you're able to be more present for your client you're able to be more present to your tasks because you can just be in the moment and focus on what you're doing in that moment rather than thinking about all these other things that are going on with the project that you haven't written down so true so i think and just for me as well like just setting the time aside to spend on checking in with projects like it doesn't take long for me it would, it'd be like five or ten minutes just to have a quick look at the spreadsheet where are we at? What's happening? And that small amount of time can have such a big impact on meeting your goal and your mental state to deal with the rest of the project. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your epic project management advice. I think that was a really, really valuable episode and I'm super excited for everyone to listen to it. Yeah. Thank you for putting yourself in the shoes of our audience and creating good questions to reveal that kind of information that we've shared today. All good. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Check out the resources in the link in the description. They will make your life easier. All this stuff we talk about, we have shared it there for you guys can get it from us. Please share this video with anyone as well that you think it will add value. You Thanks. can end the video. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>